Welcome to the Alleycast. You can develop your flexibility, in essence, by working on your mobility and building your overall strength. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. Welcome back to the Alleycast, the official podcast of Gone Tabbing. Um, we've recently joined up with our new partners, the Black Sheep Marathons, straight after the, uh, the the Black Sheep Half Marathon, which it took place in. I hope you enjoyed the episode that I've just put out, which was a, a short snapshot of what actually occurred on that day, a, a truly challenging event. And I know that uh, Carl and John and the rest of the Black Sheep have got some fantastic events lined up for you next year. So it's... Uh, it's certainly worth going over to their Facebook page and having a look at that. Also, in January, do not forget, um, it is Avalanche Endurance Events Fan Dance on the 4th, 5th and the 11th, I do believe, of January. Um, so you can go over to their page and get signed up for that as well. And we've also got uh, some news about dates for the Paris 10 coming up in the next episode. This is going to be the last episode that I actually put out before Christmas, uh, and then I've got a couple of cracking episodes to get out straight after that. So, without further ado, I'm going to get straight over to my chat with Uzo from Bulletproof Bodies. So today I'm with uh, Uzo from um, Bulletproof Bodies. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thanks. You're very good. It's great to speak to you, mate. I was uh, it was Nick Granger was speaking to, and he, he sort of recommended that uh, you were the man to speak to. <laughs> and that's and that's very kind of him. I, um, I, I was watching. I was listen, uh, sorry. I was listening to um, the uh, Ali cast actually in the car um, yeah. today. Yeah. So I'm. Um, very humble that he uh, would mention me. So uh, yeah. Okay, so um, a little bit of background on yourself. Um, what's what you have a connection with the military previously, don't you? Yeah, indeed I do. So really, so there's probably uh, two of us. Um, so there's uh, Dale Walker, yeah, um, and there's myself, who's uh, here. And um, so we've both essentially been in the military for quite a long time. So we joined the Royal Marine Reserve when we were sort of sixteen, seventeen. Um, did that uh, both together. Then we sort of went into different paths. I went and um, I went down to Paul uh, for a while. Um, did um, some work with uh, UKSF in the reserves. Okay. Uh, then subsequently, we then qualified as physiotherapists. Um, we then both joined the army as uh, physiotherapy officers. Um, went to went went overseas uh, working with the lads um, and essentially fixing. Um, broken servicemen. Mm. Uh, we both served at Headley Court, okay. uh, really during the height of the um, Afghanistan conflict, when obviously a lot of the lads were coming back um, in quite a bad way, you know, yeah. because of the uh, IEDs and and so on. So yeah, so and now and then we decided that we wanted to, to form a to form a company which um, one delivered physiotherapy, but also um, was was quite strong on the uh, injury prevention. Okay. Side of things, um, and yeah, and and that's sort of 
our background in a nutshell. There's probably more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of the guys in Guantanamo will have seen at the end of the fan dance, and I'd say I've seen you a couple of times, but I've always just been in the mood to, to get some food down my neck and just get in the car. So, so when you when we see you at the end of the fan dance, and you're obviously there in your in your, your little setup there, what what is actually your, your offering, and what what are you doing there at the time? Yeah, so essentially what we do, so um, uh, maybe I should tell you a bit of, maybe, maybe I, I should tell you the story behind it. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah. So how did we get to the point where we were delivering or providing physio support um, at the AEA uh, fan dance race? Well, it turns, it sort of goes like this. Um, I turned 40 um, and had a bit of a midlife crisis. I decided that at the age of 40, I was still relatively fit. Yeah. Um, I'd left the army a few years before that. I'd been a physiotherapist and, you know, was doing bits and pieces. Still kept myself fit, but didn't do anything um, extreme. So I decided that I was going to do a fan dance at 40. I'd done it when I was sort of 21 mm. uh, for selection. And so I rocked up with no training, as you do. <laughs> as you do. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this again. Anyway, um, at the time, obviously, I hadn't seen Ken. Um, or, God, it must have been 10, 12 years because we, we both surfed together down in Paul. Okay. And, um, and so, basically, I rocked up. I did the fan dance. No preparation at all. Um, got there at 3 in the morning. Um, like, you know, admin vortex and did it and paid the ultimate price. <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling. <laughs> I finished it in, I was aiming for a sub four at the time, uh, sub four hours. I finished it in four hours and 18, which was 18 years. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was 18 years after I had, after I had uh, successfully done it. Um, obviously, previously, you know, when I was sort of 21 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I said to uh, Ken, I said, bloody hell, mate, uh, I'm absolutely hanging out here. You know, my quads are on fire. Um I don't have any sports therapists or massage therapists here. And he was like, no. Mm. So at that point, I said, well, oh, hang on a minute. Well, if I'm desperate for it, then other people might be desperate for yeah. it at the race. So the next uh, fan dance, which would have been in the winter, uh, you know, we said to Ken, look, we'll just set up a, a, um, a stand, essentially. We'll bring our couches. And what we'll do is we'll offer the blokes, um, and obviously the ladies as well, um, sports massage, uh, taping, uh, and just general advice as well. Um, you know, before the event and also after the event. You know, because I think a lot of people rock up, and um, if it's their first time, then they're just not really quite sure what to expect. A um, little bit about blister care, footwear, and, and you know, and that sort of stuff. So that's kind of what we do really. It's physiotherapy support um, for um, the uh, AE races, essentially. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was speaking to Nick about, because I got into the fan dance myself, um, it was about three years ago, so I'd have been about 43 when I did the first fan dance, and again, rocked up with very minimal training, certainly not the, the, the right training that I should have done to actually get there, didn't pace myself, wrong nutrition and all that, um, but but I turned up there, um, you know, it was probably, it was about 10 months after I'd just come out of hospital, and the NHS had basically given me that that advice that, you know, take it really easy, don't do any exercise, really, you know, get out, find the new normal, and I think they thought the new normal was going to be getting a Nintendo and sort of sitting and maybe maybe dancing around in front of that. What, what do you feel about the, the general sort of advice that when people come out of hospital or, or, or they've had some sort of serious health scare, whether it be 
you know, whether it be physical with, you know, muscle or, or anything else, do you, do you feel that the NHS is overcautious in the in the um, advice that they often give them? Yeah, okay, so I'm smiling. <laughs> um, why am I smiling? Um, yeah, the best way to answer it is yes. Mm. Uh, most, most healthcare professionals are overly cautious, I mm. suspect. Now, um, for some people, okay, dependent upon um, what the problem is, um, then that's quite sensible. Yes. Um, and again, you know, context is always king. So it always depends upon what the what the problem is and what the medical diagnosis is and so on and so forth. Um, however, um, having said that, you know, um, you can always buck the trend. Mm. Um, and the one good thing about our bodies is that they are able to adapt and change. Mm. Um, and they can adapt negatively, okay, and things yep. can go wayward. Um, and they can affect and they can adapt positively. Now, some tissues in the body, so for example, articular cartilage, you know, if, if, you're, if you've worn out the articular cartilage in your knee, unfortunately, that is not going to repair itself. Mm. There's nothing you can do about that. It doesn't have a blood supply. It doesn't have a nerve supply. So once it's injured, um, generally speaking, um, it tells you quite late yep. because it doesn't have a nerve supply to tell you that, bloody hell, you know, stop doing this. It hurts. Mm. Um, however, however, having said that, you know, you can always work around things. And so um, one of the things which I think the NHS doesn't do particularly well, and look, you know, I work in the NHS. Yeah. I work in the NHS Monday to Friday, and then we do this, uh, and then we do bulletproof bodies um, as a private enterprise away from this. So um, and, uh, as I say, and so what the NHS doesn't particularly do well is it doesn't do physical preparation very okay. well. And what yeah. I mean by that is... No, so you almost you almost have to view it from a, a slightly different philosophy. And what I mean by that is most people talk about rehabilitation. Mm. Yeah? yeah. So you come to a hospital and you need rehabilitation. Well, actually, that's probably the wrong way to look at it. And the reason why I say it's the wrong way to look at it is because if you think in rehabilitation terms, then you're talking about alcohol rehabilitation, drug rehabilitation. It's not particularly positive. Yeah. And actually, what it tends to do, it tends to make you the patient. Yeah, yeah. So it tends to medicalize you and tends to wrap you in cotton wool and make you feel very, very sickly. Mm. Um, now, I don't think that's that's what most people need. And I think most yeah. people need um, a slightly different, slightly different mindset and physical preparation. So what I mean by that is, it's you know, we we should be preparing people for what it is they want to do. Now, it might be someone like yourself who wants to run around who wants to run around uh, the Brecon Beacons. Okay, you know, so so we physically prepare you to do that. Yep. Now, part of that physical preparation is also mental preparation, and there's probably some expectation management as well yep. about how fast you're going to do it and how much load you're going to carry around doing it. Yep. Because, you know, we work on the principle that actually, um, you know, your tissues, most of your tissues are able to adapt, both positively and negatively. Yep. And that physical preparation, you know, it's, to take an extreme, it could be 95-year-old Doris, yeah. right, who wants, to, who wants to basically stay independent, okay, pull her trolley along, lift it up, get it on a bus, get on a bus, get off the bus, go to Audi, um, do a shop and get home. Yeah. Well, the question we've got to ask ourselves is, and often this is not often asked um, in a physical preparation perspective, or from that perspective, is what does Doris need to be able to do mm. physically, 
okay, to do that well? What can't she do now? And how can we get her to the point where actually she can do that? Um, and that might take uh, several months. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, whereas I think, I think in the NHS, without being too, without, you know, um, almost painting too broad a brush, things, 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 I think we try to do things very, very quickly. Yeah. Rather than saying, look, actually, expectation management. Right. So what you want to do is blah. Okay. These are the things we need to have in place in order for you to both do that. So you need to be able to be, you need, you need enough muscle strength here. You need cardiovascular fitness. You need um, enough of this, enough of that, and enough of that. And we'll get you to the point there where you can now run for five. And then laterally, um, we then say, okay, what else do you need? Well, now actually you need to be able to put weight on your back. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what are the requirements? So I think it's very much a, um, I know it's, I've given you a very long answer, yep. um, but hopefully you get the message that um, physical preparation is probably what we don't do very well in the NHS. Um, and what we do do very well is rehabilitation, but that tends to medicalize people and you know maybe that's not necessarily the right way to do things. No, I mean, I totally agree with you on that because I think I think one of the things with us just being human beings is we we sort of overestimate what we can achieve in a month and underestimate what we can achieve in a year, don't we? And and it was for me when I when I first came out of hospital, I literally couldn't climb the stairs. I had that much scarring in the lungs, and I was told, you know, that that's it. You're stuck with that. Um, you're not going to get any further. And um, I think it was it was probably about two weeks out, and I was I was sinking to that depths of depression, and I thought this is I'm going to turn this round. I'm going to get to the top of the stairs, and then I'm going to go for a walk, and then from there I'm going to start to catch the five k, and then we'll see where we go from there. And it was quite funny about it was about six months after I came out of hospital, I did the um, I did the Manchester Marathon, uh, and then when I went back to do when I went back from a final. Um, consultation with the consultants it turned out he'd done the Manchester Marathon but 20 minutes slower than I had on the same day as well <laughs> but, but he actually said at the time he said you know he said he goes the NHS is over courses he goes I can't tell you to go out and run a marathon he goes but you've actually done the best thing because you've increased the blood supply to your lungs and you've, you've helped sort of heal that scarring yeah so yeah I, mean, I, I feel a lot of it is mental and um, I think I think what I'm trying to say is you can either t- you can either teach you uh, treat your fitness and where you are as a negative and i think this is the difference we look at sort of there's a lot of talk about post-traumatic stress and i think there's a lot of talk now about post-traumatic growth as well that when you've sort of been in that situation i, I can sort of flip it around so if you if you are somebody now who probably doesn't do much running or maybe you're, you're embarking on the couch to 5k what sort of time um limit what what, what sort of what sort of time scale would you be looking to sort of move up to something like the fan dance? So, okay, so you you're currently able to do the couch to five k. Yeah, say say you, you you're in the middle of that now, and you're thinking, you know, in X amount of time, I'd like to be doing the fan dance. Do you think what sort of time scale would be realistic? Do you think really to to, to adapt? Okay, so I think I think the first um, the first question to ask is, um, do you do you, does this person wish to run it, yep. or do they wish to race it? Yeah, that's the first question. Yeah. Uh, the second question is: um, Are they wanting to do it in clean fatigue, or are they wanting to do it loaded? Okay. So, so those questions are quite important because they influence an awful lot. Because if you just want to run it, i.e., you just want to get round it, um, and you're currently um, 
at the level where you you know you can run 5k relatively comfortably then actually i would say it, it wouldn't it would be realistic to give yourself um about four to five months of training to run it comfortably yeah okay you know to get around it comfortably if you want to race it um, and you want to go for the best possible time you can then actually um it's a very different situation you need to give yourself more time yeah um but yeah, but as I say, you know, fundamentally, it, it depends. Do you want to run it? Do you want to race it? Um, do you want to unload it? <laughs> okay, right. So, what what is the best preparation, muscle wise, for say your leg? Like, is it an all over, an all over workout you need to do? And do you need to be working on your core and, and your upper body, or is it literally just in the legs? What you need is twofold, really. So you need a cardiovascular infrastructure. Mm. Okay? So you need to be cardiovascularly fit. Yeah. Um, and that is really, it's it's long duration fitness. Yeah. Okay. So long duration cardiovascular fitness. So most people on the fan, okay, even if they're doing it in clean fatigue, okay, if they're relatively uh, new to the fan, then they're going to be on the hill for probably between three to four hours. Mm. Okay. If they're doing it in clean fatigue, if it's their first time. So actually, so that sort of duration is long duration. Yeah. Um. So. And as a consequence, you need to prepare for that. So that's like your low intensity, level one, level two um, type training yeah. or, you know, like an ergo or, you know, long runs, that sort of stuff. Then also as well, you've got the preparation for the infrastructure. And, and what I mean is really a good, a good strength base. Yeah. Um, you know, most people, most people um, who are, who think about hills training, they think about putting kit on. Uh, you know, putting a burden on, uh, going out and yomping or running with it, and that's fine. Okay, that that you know that will build you up to a point. Um, but then I, you know, but then I often ask the question. I say, you know, does a football player just play football? Mm, yeah. You know, most most you know most pro football football players, yeah, they play football um, and they do the, you know the teamwork and tactics bit, but also they're in the gym getting strong. Yeah. Um, and so getting strong is really, really important because because that's your chassis. Hmm. It's like the chassis of a car, isn't it? <laughs> um, and so and so that's building. And so you want to build. I think best way to look at it, look at it in three ways. You want to build a lower body chassis, hmm. okay? So deadlift, squats, split squats, Bulgarian squats, lunges, all this stuff. You don't need expensive kit. It yeah. can be done. It can be done at home with a Bergen, yeah. okay? With rocks in the Bergen, yeah, uh, and I've got one of my patients who did just that. But actually, what a geezer! What he did, basically, okay, he didn't have access to a gym, but he lives, but he lived um, uh, near a beach, right? So what he did, right, and this is absolutely amazing. He went down to the beach with a set of scales, okay. He found he found a five kilogram rock, ten kilogram, fifteen kilogram, <laughs> twenty kilogram rock. Mark the rocks weighed them on the scales, that now becomes his external resistance. Yeah. He basically puts that in his burger. He does squats. He does deadlifts. He does split squats. He does all the sort of stuff that you could do in a gym, okay, but he's just gone down to the he's gone down to his local beach and he's been creative. Yeah. So the lower limb infrastructure critical. Okay. Yeah. Then also you need um midsection. You need, you know, midsection strength. Okay. Now, some people call it core stability. I just simplify it. Okay. Mm. Basically, midsections. Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to carry yourself around, and if you've got 
a bergen on you're going to be carrying a bergen around okay for hours and hours and hours and hours mm. um and then top half is you then need upper body strength as well okay okay because you know that bergen is going to rest on your shoulders mm. so think about it in three ways you need lower body chassis midsection chassis and upper body chassis and basically what you want to do is you want to build a strength base it doesn't mean you have to be doing strength training five days a week no 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 absolutely not yeah. no absolutely you know and nick and nick range is really good in terms of periodizing programs yeah yeah so you know periodization really um attests to planned results you know you want to peak for a particular event the fan yeah say for example um then we plan for it yeah and your program is reflective of how many months you have ahead to get to that point. And that's kind of how our rehabilitation programs work as well. Yeah. When we see, when we see, when we see, um, you know, you know, the recreational athlete and I, and I call the gone tabbing people, they're recreational athletes yeah. that, you know, essentially want to push themselves. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, they're the things that if I said there was two basic things you need, you need long duration, uh, aerobic fitness. And also, you need that uh, strength and conditioning infrastructure, okay, uh, to last. and cool. to endure, and to endure. You know, because you know we know that if your ligaments, uh, muscles, and tendons are strong, mm. and that through strength training primarily, um, then the capacity of those tissues to deal with load is going to increase. Yeah. Okay. They're going to become stiffer and more robust, mm. um, and as a consequence, you're likely to last longer yeah so so yes i think you know they're the key things and they're the key principles that that sort of we use in our practice on a day-to-day basis in the nhs and also privately as well so but then we're slightly different to other physios because we've got we've been trained in physiotherapy but we've also been trained in strength and conditioning and performance and so we sort of we sort of almost mesh that together um so yeah so probably what i'm saying here is the average physio probably wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> probably not, no. Um, but, okay, so when this uh, episode goes out, we're probably looking to be about sort of two or three weeks towards the winter fan dance. So for guys who've done all the training, they've done all the prep, and they're turning up on the day of the fan dance, and there's a lot of, it depends which school you sort of, or which, which website you probably believe these days about stretching and, and what you do before do you stretch, before do you stretch, after do you just not bother. Um, what's your view on that? Um, okay, so... Really, look, if you're worrying about whether you stretch before or after or whether you do it before or don't do it on the day of, mm. the, on the, day of the race, it's too late. Okay. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, you know, but there is something to be said for being um, supple and mobile, mm. okay, and, and having good soft tissue flexibility. Okay. Yeah. So, and that comes prior to the event yeah so and that's using modalities like um you know pulse foam rollers uh foam rollers um you know and and generally involving yourself in activities that improve your mobility now do you need to spend loads of time stretching well um it depends on context if it feels tight Mm. it probably needs to be stretched yeah in simple terms, if it doesn't feel tight, it probably doesn't need to be stretched. Cool. And also, what you'll find is, you know, look, you know, the key thing really is, you know, um, we used to think 
everyone had to do everyone had to stretch because that would somehow prevent injuries well if you look at the research the research kind of says look actually we don't know if it prevents injuries or not and actually some of the research says well it doesn't make a blind bit of difference anyway so to look at it a bit more pragmatically the question i would ask myself is can this person make the right shape yeah so so for example if i've got someone who uh, i'll take a uh, if i've got someone who um wants to run mm. um and they run like quasimodo because <laughs> because they've got because they've got a um you know because they've got a rounded thoracic spine there you know their chins poking out because they spend you know 12 hours a day sat at a desk yeah and they look and they look basically c-shaped then 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 when you look at them running Okay, they're going to run like they're C-shaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not really making a very good shape, okay, really to propel themselves forwards and to and to generate enough forces to allow them to do it well. So that's the person who's likely to pick up niggles. Yeah. Why? Because their body's in the wrong position. Mm. Um, you know, to put it quite simply. So, so really, so and if you think about it, a, a lot of the stuff I've been talking about before, so lunge, squats, deadlifts, split squats, they all get you into positions mm. which actually take you through pretty much a full range of motion. Yeah. 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 So you can develop your flexibility in essence by working on your mobility and building your overall strength. So you often you don't have to spend time isolated um isolated time uh, stretching but like I say if it feels tight then it probably needs to be stretched you know mm-hmm. you, know, you come off the fan dogs you've done Jacob's ladders and <laughs> your quads are screaming at you they feel like they want to be stretched yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. you know because you've worked them to death so actually stretch them um, but yeah you know on the day of the race do I stretch don't I stretch I wouldn't bother really I, I wouldn't really worry too much because you know when you your warm up, don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got you know, three to five hours to get warm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, stretching and not stretching, it's it's really a new point, really. Um, as I say, you know, do the stuff beforehand. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're saying there as well is it's a, it's a whole holistic thing as well, isn't it? Because I I've gone from a a fairly active job in the past, and now obviously I'm in the mid forties, so I'm now sort of a desk jockey really, but. Um, one thing I found when I started this job, which I've been in probably just over a year now, was it was a typical sat behind a desk company car job. So I'm going to be sat down all the time. So I've completely adapted to what I do. I probably I sit down for probably half an hour, 45 minutes, and I get up and I go and have a walk around the yard and what have you. I go and see the lads and what have you. And I don't even I don't even use the company car to get places now. I found it's easy to just get the train because I've got to walk while I'm going between trains and and, and do that as well. So do you feel that it is more yeah, – I think everybody can do it. Do you feel that we need to sort of adapt our whole lifestyle rather than just when we're doing exercise? Um. Do you mean to be more active? Yeah, be be more. Even I feel. So my personal thoughts is even in an active job, you can you can be active. You know, and it doesn't have to be. Like I said, I don't go for a run around the yard when I go out there. Like, but I'll, I'll you know I'll just go out and have a walk, have a chat, um, and you know just just get myself up sort of every half an hour or so. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I think you know, I think there's a lot to be said for building physical activity into your day. Hundred percent. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, it's the little things as well, isn't it? Um, 
And what I tend to find is, um, you know, certainly for myself, uh, when I'm active um, and I'm participating in physical activity, which is generally most days, actually, yeah. um, I'm quite happy to not use the lift and walk up the stairs. Yeah, totally, yeah. I'm quite happy to uh, not use the car and take my bike into work. Mm. Uh, you know, because you've got that mindset that says, actually, I'm fit. And I'm and I and I'm quite happy to do stuff. Um, I think actually for most people who are not necessarily that way inclined, then yeah, um, you know, make 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 every contact count for want of a better phrase. So actually, you know, even even little things like as you say, you know, not uh, not using the escalator, but mm-hmm. actually walking up the stairs, um, you know, getting off, you know, getting off the bus, yeah. you know, five stops before you need to. You know, so that you, so that you can walk in. Um, but I think often what, what we find lets us down uh, from doing those things is we're all in a big rush. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and we are, and we are trying to get you know five or six different things in, uh, which probably you know we shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> so we and so we end up running out of time, don't we? You yeah, know, totally. Yeah. It's, it's much easier to take the car. Um, which then means actually you can do two or three more jobs um, than it is maybe to you know to take your bicycle where you can't carry as much. Um, so yeah, no, I I would completely agree with you, and that's what and that's also what um, you know the chief medical officer um, has said recently. You know, basically we need to do more. Um, but I do think also as well that um, you know there's been a big push for us to sort of almost to move away from formal exercise. Mm. I, you know, so, um, you know, previous policies by, you know, you know, the chief medical officer and so on there have said, well, you know, we just need to, you know, do a little bit more, you know, yeah. use data less and so on and so forth. But, you know, to a certain extent, while that's important, I think that almost fudges it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because we do need to participate in physical activity. Mm. There's no choice about it. Our yeah. bodies were designed to move and to move vigorously. Um and if we don't do that, we become ill, yeah. um, you know, and that affects our psychology uh, and mental health, um, as well as our physiology as well. Um, you know, our bones benefit from being loaded. Our tissues benefit from being loaded um, with, you know, formal exercise. So so I think while I completely agree with, yet, yeah, you know, get, you know, you know, get as many opportunities to do, you know, little small bits of physical exercise, ultimately, we do also have to fit in formal exercise in, even though we may not like it. And and look, you know, I don't like it when I go around the park and I beast myself around the park. I do not like it. I try to put it off. But actually, the feeling I get afterwards, the after effect is great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is great. And actually, the more you do, the easier it becomes. Mm. Uh, the less you do, the harder it becomes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you do just have to bite the bullet. But, you know, maybe that's just the military me coming out. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there because, you know, it's very – going back to what you said before about being in a rush, I think it's it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, you get in from work and I can't go for a run because I've got to do this, I've got to look after the kids, I've got to do whatever now. And, you know, when I come home from work, I certainly haven't got time for physical exercise usually. But what I've done there now is I've sort of adopted the, the David Goggins mentality of, like, don't press the snooze button and get up at five o'clock and go for your run then, do you know what I mean? And I don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a run, but, um, you know, when I come back at quarter six, I, I feel feel great, and, you know, I walk into work a lot more wide awake than everybody else, but I think I think, it, I think a lot of it is just about planning. Like you say, it is just you're in a rush, you haven't got time to do things, but there's always time in a day, isn't there? 
Yeah, and you know something, David Goggins, he's like my hero. Yeah, uh, he, is, he is. And and look, you know, he's not everyone's cup of tea. No, not I, so. You know, he's not everyone's cup of tea, and you know, he uses loads of profanity. Um, so you know, I never retweet anything professional <laughs> on my professional physiotherapy uh, Twitter account. Yeah. Um, you know, only because people have delicate ears. However, however, um, you know, his message, actually, I really like his message yes. because, you know, there's no BS. No. There's no shit. Okay. You know, the bloke's had a hard life. Um, and actually what he says often, you know, we're all thinking that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's totally true. Um, and so, you know, little things I can see, you've got, a, I can see you've got a uh, road bike and, yeah, yeah, got the, yeah, got the, uh, the trainers in there. You know, and I'm time poor, but I've got a turbo. I've got I've got a turbo trainer yep. in my room, and actually, I'll be getting on the turbo trainer after I finish with you. Yeah, and and what I'll do, I'll actually get my. Um, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing a master's at the moment in um, strength and conditioning okay. at Queen Mary's University. It's online. Yeah. I'll listen to an online lecture while I'm on the turbo trainer. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because you know, because then I've killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, and I think it's those sorts of opportunities, you know, so I'll, I will go for a run and I will actually listen to something which is either going to be inspiring or is going to allow me to have done something else. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there are opportunities and, and I think we can do it. And don't get me wrong, you know, look, you know, the messages that I'm saying here are the same messages that I say to my NHS patients. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm probably less vigorous about um, <laughs> but you know the message remains the same but you know maybe the way it's delivered is probably slightly different but I do think that you know there is something to be said for um, you know getting out and actually looking after yourself because mm. because we have to look after ourselves um, and physical activity is free yeah, yeah yeah you don't need a plus gym you don't need uh, you know David Lloyd um, you know memberships and you don't need smart like and you don't need a smart Lycra. All you need, really, is a pair of trainers, you know, a bicycle, which you can put on a turbo trainer yeah. in your front room. And actually, you don't even need weights, as my as my patient um, showed. You know, you need rocks. Yeah. You, know, you know, when we were in Afghanistan, okay, and we didn't have access to resistance training equipment, we had rocks. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't have access to foam rollers, we had flasks. Yeah. Yeah. And we get the lads basically to use their flasks and to foam roll, um, you know, their soft tissues mm. because that that's what we had available. Um, so you know, there are plenty of opportunities to um, uh, to do stuff. I think, but yeah. it's probably more resources to not do. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And you know, I think I think if you look at the sort of CrossFit community, that was where that was born. Really, wasn't it? It was born of the military stuck in compounds, not being able to wear, uh, not being able to go out the wire. So yeah, most most definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So injury-wise, so at what point? You, you know, if you do the fan dance or like last this weekend just gone, I was doing the Black Sheep Half Marathon with with Carl Rushing and what have you. So that was seven times up and down Kinder Scout, but that that was that was fun. Goggins certainly came into mind there on the fourth rep. I was thinking, what would Goggins do? You know, <laughs> uh, as I was going back up. Um, okay. So at what, at what point? You know, it's gonna work. But at what point do you stop? At what point do, do you think, oh, Christ, I'm gonna do myself some damage here? Well, I think the, the point at which you say um, it's time to stop um, is where it becomes 
pain which is pain which won't stop. Okay. Pain which won't stop. Yeah. If the pain doesn't stop hmm. uh, and it's banging on in the background, okay, and you stopped hmm. and it has stopped, it's probably time to stop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pain pain that stops when you stop. Um, you know, and you can attribute that to you know this is just sore muscles. Mm. Yeah, my back's a bit sore because yeah. my muscles are sore because I've been in in a particular position for a protracted period of time. Um, I think you can probably crack on. Yeah. Um, probably in the mind, and you probably just got to have a word of yourself um, and keep going. Um, but yeah, when the pain doesn't stop and you stopped, then that's too much. Okay, so what's um, following on from a, from an event like the Fan Dance? You mentioned foam rollers and stuff like that. But what is the best thing to actually do to sort of you know to to make sure that you recover faster, really? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, there's various modalities. There's various modalities you can use. Um, you know, but really, after the Fan Dance, okay, dependent uh, a, a lot of it depends upon your um, it depends how fit you are and what your athletic profile is before you start that, mm. but. Probably for the average Joe, um, I suspect you probably want to have about three about three to four days off. Yeah. Okay. Um, after the fan, now it doesn't mean that actually you know. So you do the fan on the Saturday. Okay. You have Sunday off. Come Monday, you can probably get on a bike. Mm. Okay. A stationary bike. Okay. And you can do you know you know level one steady state. You know, thirty minutes just basically just to um, you know spin the legs over. Uh, level one training. That's quite nice because that flushes through the system, okay? Um, and you will be stiff, and that, and that, and that's quite a nice way to loosen you up before you go in and uh, and start doing your, you know, your foam rolling and your stretching and so on. Um, there's no point doing loads and loads of foam rolling, um, you know, um, you know, several hours after after a heavy physical event like that, especially if you feel like you've got delayed onset muscular soreness, which actually most people will have. Yes, yeah. uh, to a degree. You know, if you if you race the fan dance, you will have dance. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, if you run it, you'll probably get away without it. But um, so, and then, and to think about it, what is DOMS? DOMS is a uh, a local inflammatory response. Mm. Yeah. So if we took a biopsy within that muscle, so if we basically took cut of muscle out bore into it pulled it out and then looked at it under a microscope or um or, or something similar what we would see is inflammatory markers yeah yeah so there'd be inflammation okay so if there's inflammation actually the best way to manage it is rest ice um and just let things settle down so it normally takes a couple of days to settle down mm. okay. then you get onto the foam rolling and so on so you when you see us at the fan, normally we're not going in and absolutely beasting you. Yeah, it's not very, very gentle massage, and it's and it's you know it's it's really a recovery massage more than anything. Um, you know, to get you home, um, you know, so to speak. So that's kind of the that's kind of the in broad terms. Um, you know, ice baths can be very useful in terms of recovery, but really you just Cool. And what I often say to people is, look, you know, um, if you can train the next week, then it's a winner. Yeah. If you can't train the next week, then you probably push too hard mm. because now you're. Yeah. Because now you're. 
and the goal is never to be injured after one of these events. It's to be able to um, train the following week so then you can increase your performance and you can increase, you know, um, your uh, physical ability, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, what, what part does nutrition play in this, though, for the muscles and that? Is there a, a particular diet you should be following or, or, or is it, you know, a complete hydration that, that you need to be more concerned with? Nutrition. Yeah, nutrition's a really interesting one, actually. Um, and now, look, I don't have a degree in dietetics, no. uh, but, but actually I'm a, uh, I'm a generalist. So, and I'm a generalist in as much as um, I know a little bit about nutrition, but what I do know is that actually um, after the event, okay, um, you're going to have to put some protein back into the system. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you need to have enough energy availability in yep. broad terms. Okay. So your carbohydrates and fats and so on. Okay. To replenish um, your energy stores, which will have been depleted. Yeah. After an event like that, even if, even if um, you're consuming food, um, uh, during the fan dance, as an example, you know, all the way through, your energy um, availability will be much lower than what it was at the start. Yeah. That's just um, but also, protein is really important because, as I said before, um, you will have damaged muscle. Mm. Yeah. The muscle will have been damaged. Yeah. Okay, um, and so there will be an inflammatory response. So actually, um, it, it would make logical sense that actually um, consuming some consuming more protein. Um, after the event would be sensible um so and i forget exactly what what it is we're talking about but essentially strength and power athletes we're talking between um please don't quote me but i'm going to give it away <laughs> it's between three and five grams of protein per kilogram of body weight okay yeah 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 um and it would make sense logically to consume more protein after that event because your body's going through a process of um trying to repair itself yeah yeah, totally. yeah. and it's trying to repair muscle protein mm. protein would make sense um, yeah i mean um and, and that and i guess you can get that via protein shakes or um, or you can get that the best way would be naturally i mean and 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 actually, it doesn't have to be meat-based products because I know you are I'm a plant-based, yeah, yeah, really. You know, so you can get protein via plant, yeah, um, totally, yeah, yeah, via a plant-based diet. So, but yeah, but that would be logically, as I say, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist, but actually, what what I what what I certainly do know is that um, you know, nutrition is probably something that we don't address as um, you know rehabilitation and sort of. Mm healthcare professionals because what we say is well this is not our bag but yeah, yeah. i think you just have to apply a little bit of logic really to it um, you know because i'll give you an example so we would use so in the elderly um we know that actually um the elderly lose muscle strength and lose protein um you know it's between you know every you know, above the age of 60 they lose you know three to four percent per year um so actually um, supplementation. Now, what I'm talking about is actually supplementing the elderly with uh, yes. protein to prevent um, this condition called uh, sarcopenia, right. which is basically loss of muscle fibres. Um, so, yeah, if you train them, so if you train them to build up muscle, you also have to supplement them with protein as well. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. I so get yeah. that. I think it's just about being conscious about what you eat. I know I've said this before because I think you know I became. 
I became a vegetarian initially for, for ethical reasons, um, but and, and I don't really have any sort of great views, great views on whether you should be veggie or whether you should be meat, so other than for ethical reasons, really. But I think it's you're really just thinking about what you eat because I think if you do sort of if you go on a sort of limited diet, whether it's vegetarian, vegan, what it does make you, which is more beneficial than anything else, is just more conscious about what you're going to eat. You've got a plan better for it um and i think a lot of people just just don't plan what they're eating it's just straight in the cupboard and, and straight you know whatever you need isn't it well you go for what's easy don't you yeah um you, you know certainly i think i think you go for what is easy um and what is easy is convenience yeah um and so and as a consequence you you know what you tend to find i, I, can't, remember, I can't remember which um there was a documentary um that i watched must have been a year ago so and it said uh, you know if you're you, you know you walk down the aisles in a supermarket and all these products which are processed they're all trying to tell you how good they are yeah. and they're enriched with this and they're enriched with that and they're enriched with that you walk through the veg and the, the, the fruit and veg aisle you don't have to sell anything yeah. they don't sell to you they don't tell you that it's enriched with calcium or it's enriched with this and that and and whatever because it's a plant it's yeah. just naturally that's what it's found you know um and i and i think probably most of our processed foods unfortunately come from plants <laughs> as opposed to plants yeah if you take my meaning yeah yeah, yeah totally you know, yeah. you know so um yeah i completely agree with you i think it's it's easy and convenient but it's probably what is our downfall i suspect yeah I think, um, I think, you know I, I, you go, sorry guilty of it mate yeah no, i think i yeah. think one of, one of the best pieces of advice i was given was if there's an advert for it then you probably be eating, should be eating too much of it yeah well yeah well yeah absolutely no one advertises uh you know fresh fruit and vegetables do they <laughs> uh, you know there's nothing to be made there unfortunately <laughs> but yeah we're, we're quite keen to um you know it's enriched with this and enriched with that so so yeah um i, I completely agree with you Excellent. Look, we're whizzing through this, mate. Um, before before we sort of wrap up for, for this time, and I think, you know, as with everybody who's spoken to, I try and keep the podcast down to sort of 45 minutes so people can listen to it without on the runs and what have you. Uh, but I will definitely have you on again, and I'll, I'll hopefully see you in January down at, uh, down at the Story Arms down there somewhere. I'm going I'm, I'm not actually doing it this year because I've got an ultra planned in February, so I'm, uh, I'm training for that at the moment. Okay. So I'm doing a, Brecon, doing a Brecon to Cardiff Ultra, so I'm going to give the winter fan dance a miss. <laughs> Uh, how many miles is that? Uh, forty-two. Forty-two. Okay, forty-two with no, a twelve-hour cut off, so it's not. So it's it's all right. So the training's going well for that. Is the um, how can people contact you, Ruzo? Oh, how can they? How oh, can okay. they contact so, you? Yeah. Yeah. So the best thing, the best thing for them to do, really, is um, so twofold, really. So if they uh, www bulletproofbodies blogspot.com Okay. That's our. That's where you can get our free ebook. Okay. Uh, don't get don't get cross get fit. It's got loads of good stuff in there about training and sort of injury prevention and so on. Um, our bulletproof bodies website hopefully should be up by uh, late January. Okay. Um, but again, you know, um, Dell, we're both we're both sort of on uh, Twitter as well. We're both on. Um, I'm the consultant PT. Um, uh, Dale's on as uh, Dale Walker, but yeah, I think probably the key place to go for us is uh, bulletproofbodies.blogspot.com. Um, um, you can send us emails via there as well. Um, and yeah, and and really, like 
if any of your listeners have got any questions, you know, we're all over the place, really. We're yeah. all on social media. Like, my name as well, pretty much. If you type, <laughs> if you type my name, UZO, um, surname Ehiogu, E-H-I-O-G-U, I can guarantee you'll I'll come up straight away and then my email's up there. And, 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 and equally so, Dale Walker. Um, yeah, you know, you'll find us. So we're around. And also, we'll definitely be at the fan. Um, so we'll be there. I think because it's winter, we'll be in Story Arms. Yep. Um, we'll be running. We'll, we'll be doing high walk. We normally race high walk um, and then treat patients in the morning. Okay. So we'll be now. Um, hopefully, I can uh, retain my title. I managed to win uh, last summer. Right. Um, yeah. But um, hopefully, um, I can retain my title. Um, Unless um, someone else beats me, uh, picks me to it, but yeah, uh, you know we're good. But um, but yeah, no, and and we've got a few. I think we've got a we've got a ultra in May coming up. Um, we did it last year, and we fucking suffered. Okay. Uh, but it but it was good. Yeah, the uh, time trial. You should uh, check it out yourself. Okay, actually. I'll go for that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. Um, so we'll leave it there for now, and we'll definitely uh, we'll follow this up with a, another interview in a, a couple of months' time. We'll get you back on. Uh, thank you for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. If there's anything on it which uh, you want to uh, edit out, please feel free. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, um, quite happy you do that. That's okay. fine, mate. All right. Cheers, Uzo. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the good work, by the way, because um, love it. The um, I listened to um, Nick Granger's uh, podcast today, and I thought it was brilliant. Actually, really good. Excellent. So, uh, good work, mate. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Cheers, Thanks. mate. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. So that was Uzo from Bulletproof Bodies. What a wealth of knowledge that guy has got. Um, we'll certainly be having him back on again. I know there are exciting things planned next year with their Bulletproof Bodies and uh, Elite Outdoor Fitness. So we'll certainly be getting on to it, talk about that, and also talk about the relaunch of the website next year. Uh, as I said at the beginning, the next event that we're looking at now is Avalanche Endurance Events Fan Dance taking place on the 4th, 5th, and the 11th of January. Uh, Bulletproof Bodies will be there inside the Story Arms because it's winter. Um, and they'll provide you with any sort of uh, physical therapy that you, you may need after the fan dance. I think the weather is ordered. Um, it's looking like we're going to get a little bit of snow, uh, probably even more. I know it's white up there at the minute, but we'll get some more snow after Christmas as well. So it's going to be a really exciting winter fan dance, and hopefully I'll get to see some of you down there as well. Um, everybody, please have a safe, merry, and happy Christmas and New Year. I cannot wait to see you at various events next year, and I can't wait to get more podcasts out as well. Thank you so much for your support, and remember, always a little further. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. <laughs>